Hey there, listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Iron Widow. This, oh, excuse me. <laughs> this is a, um, I just had lunch. Um, a young adult fa- fantasy. Well, not really. It's a sci-fi. I would say it's more science fiction. But what the author does with the story is she utilizes her culture's history in order to showcase a really strong movement for empowerment and feminism um and the best way she does this is by utilizing she's using china's one and only female empress um wu zetian as her main protagonist but again it's a really good blend of historical fiction and futurism because you know the author she said in her you know author notes which you know normally i don't read the author's notes i just kind of want to get to the story but i've started to lately um and i'm really glad i did because this is a story that blends together um pacific rim and Handmaid's Tale, in a way. And she says this by, you know, she she asked herself this question. She's like, was I high when I read this, when I wrote this, when I came up with this concept? And I think that's just great to just, you're already hearing the author's humor. And she says Handmaid's Tale, but, she, but what she means is, you know, it's not really Handmaid's Tale. It's more of a concept, the concept in Handmaid's Tale that would interest Western audiences. And when you're reading the story, you see, yeah, like, yeah, it's not really Handmaid's Tale, but you are seeing a lot of those oppressive elements brought to life in the story because Wu Zetian, you know, Pacific Rim, remember how there are two pilots? Yeah, you have Yang and Yang. You have the male and female pilots and what the female pilots are are they are concubines they're basically fodder um because it takes a lot of mental energy in order to control the chrysalis which is what they call you know the giant robots that they fight in against the hunans which are aliens that are kind of trying to invade right and the women tend to just die um, if they don't have enough spirit pressure if they get overwhelmed by the men's spirit pressure they do end up dying um, in battle and it's very misogynistic you know that Tian discovers the system is rigged against women it's always rigged against women um, and I like how the author kind of points that out like it's rigged against women that's just what it is and you see the resentment in Zetian's characterization, characterization. I love her characterization because she decides to pretty much sacrifice herself to be a concubine um, for the Iron Prince because he killed her sister. And I don't just mean in battle. I mean, he beat her sister to death in their room. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, it was a fall. Like, fuck that. It was not a fall. He beat her to death. He's an abuser. Um, so her goal is to stop that. 
and this isn't a spoiler because it happened it's you know given away in the in the the blurb of the book you know she ends up coming out of this alive she becomes the iron widow and then she is kind of punished and teamed up with um the oh gosh i can't remember his name um, he's a prisoner, but he has a very high spirit pressure, which is why the government utilizes him. And I really do love the bond between the characterization. I do love how he is, he's thought to be the, the criminal, right? But he's actually one of the best people out there. Um, and the reason he's a criminal is because he killed his brothers for violent actions against women. You know, like he did it. They deserved it. And I like how Zetian, she doesn't even ask. She's just like, her one question is, do they deserve it? And he's like, yes. And she says, okay, I believe you. And then you're going into developing their characterization. You're going into developing their personal narratives. You're going into developing who they are as characters, which I think is really, really engaging for the novel because it really does set a precedence for their growth. Um, and they do grow. Oh gosh, do they grow. Their growth is amazing, honestly. I love their character growth. I love their characterization. I love how they move through the story together. And I love how their relation does blossom into a polyamorous one. Because, um, you know, there was always this boy. He was a, you know... I guess upper class citizen to Zetian's lower class citizenship and he loved her and respected her more than more than her family like her family's they're a bunch of assholes um but you can't it's systemic you know they are assholes because society has determined women's worth is this is what women's worth so they've been brainwashed and predetermined to acknowledge that as their fact you know they're kind of stuck and Zetian's the opposite and this boy he taught her how to read he taught her everything that was forbidden for women because he believed in her and he respects her above everything he respects her and I love that I love the respect in the relationship I love who he is as a person. I love how there's always this edge of tension between them. And you're just kind of like, hmm, I don't know. Like, do I want to get invested in him or not? <laughs> like, uh, I don't want him to like be end up being like everyone else. And he ends up not being like everyone else. He stands by her side and her partner's side. And the three of them together develop this really wonderful polyamorous relationship that's based on mutual respect with one another. They care about one another. They fight for one another. And that's what makes them so good as a team. And that's why you're invested in their romance These for these three characters. Because of how just captivating they are. Because of how wonderful they grow together um how they develop and how the story develops and it back to the feminism aspect of the story so one thing that um the author does 
highlight is foot binding in her novel and I like how she uses a piece of her his, her culture's history to use it as a form of you know misogyny and sexism you know the physical a physical representation of it is what I'm saying because foot binding and she's she's it's I don't know that it's in practice anymore I don't think it is um I personally don't like it, but you know, I'm Mexican and I was raised, you know, in a Western culture, so you know, my beliefs are going to be different. Um, but Zetian, you can see she hates the foot binding because what it is is you're crushing young girls' feet. You're breaking their bones and you're binding them to make them smaller. This could lead to an infection, um, which means she could lose toes and she has lost some toes and she hates it. She hates that this is her life forever. She watches these other women who are considered barbarians walk away sure-footed in a way that she never could. And she says that. That's a direct quote. You know, they walk away with such confidence that I could never muster. Because of her feet. Because of the foot binding. Because, you know, in, um, and I did a little research. You know, Chinese customs back in the day. The smaller your feet, the more feminine you were. You know, it was also a mark of your station as well. So... They actually encouraged infection in your feet so that you could lose toes so that it would be easier to bind your feet and make them smaller and smaller. And I like how Zhao is using this practice to highlight the sexism and misogyny that is going on um, in the novel. You know, it's just like, how, how much do you have to, like, dislike yourself or just, like, that you have to kind of prove your worth by hurting yourself to such an extreme for the approval of men, you know? Um, and I think it's empowering that this is something that Zetian, you know, she butts her head with her, you know, she butts heads with her family a lot. There are lots of scenes where she's just kind of staring at her feet. And I think they're really powerful because you're seeing what she's fighting for you're seeing that she is a remarkable character she has such strength and resilience in order to stand up for herself in the end and i think that's really great i i ultimately love her um i think it's great and i want to learn so much more about um this empress in Chinese history who went through two dynasties and she's just like yeah I'm empress now y'all gotta bow down to me uh and I think it's great you know it shows just like in the in the book you're seeing how she's manipulating the system to her benefit how she's using the system to her benefit how she's playing the politics and I think that that's really engaging for the reader to see that unfold ultimately so, this was Iron Widow by Ziran J. Zhao. I really hope I said her name right. Um, I highly recommend this book. I would have to give it 4.75 stars out of 5. Such a close 5. I'm so excited for the sequel. I can't wait to see how this story plays out. I 
love it <laughs> um please remember to support your local bookseller or online book retailer when purchasing the book instead of amazon i know our first bet is to always go to amazon but please support your bookstores and local booksellers um they need it way more than amazon does and there's nothing that beats walking inside a bookstore and smelling those books and just browsing the shelves it's just you know, I work at a bookstore and half the time I'm supposed to be shelving books and I find books that, you know, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I want to buy it. And then that's where my paycheck goes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, support your bookstores, please. You can go on bookshop.org and they'll find an indie independent bookstore for you to visit, you know, in your neighborhood. And remember, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million do ship across the country and internationally. So, if money's tight, check out the book from your local library. Um, and on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. <laughs>